0: Welcome to Locked On NFL, your daily podcast on the National Football League on the number one daily sports podcast network alongside the scout, Matt Williamson. I am Brian Peacock. You can subscribe to the show and all of your favorite podcast apps. You can find me on Twitter at BDPeacock. Follow Matt at Williamson NFL. It's a short week. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to all of you out there. We're going to have three shows for you this week. Monday, Tuesday, and then Friday we will uh, get ready for that week 17 where there is still some very big matchups looming, Matt. And do you have any holiday travel plans?
1: No, nothing in particular. Um, folks will come here Christmas Day, go to my mom's Christmas Eve. All are within a couple miles of each other, so
0: nothing crazy. And Matt, I've, I've got to be honest here. I didn't watch any of these games Sunday because uh, I've been playing Plants versus Zombies non-stop all weekend. I just think, <laughs> <laughs> How
1: could you not? <laughs>
0: uh, no, uh, there's some really good games, actually, so uh, a lot to get into, so let's get rolling. Yeah, let's start with those Saturday contests, and I love watching those Saturday games, getting a triple header, and it started with the early game, nothing major there happening, uh, the Buccaneers playing strong at home, and I thought maybe they might pull this one out despite the awful play from Jameis Winston throwing four picks but the Texans pulled it off and they are champions of the AFC South 23 20
1: yeah and honestly Saturday was three good games and Sunday there was a lot of good games even like Redskins Giants Dolphins Bengals I yeah, mean overtime didn't matter what's that
0: yeah going into overtime for the number one yeah, pick of the right. draft it was fun
1: Yeah, and same with this Texans game. I mean, Winston throws a a pick six on his first throw. Um, No Evans, no Godwin, but he battles back. It looks like he's going to be back for the Bucs. They go out strong. Congrats to the Texans. Now they're pretty much assured the four seed. We'll talk more playoff stuff as the week goes on, but a big win for them on the road against an improving defense.
0: And Deshaun Watson didn't play great. I mean, that Tampa Bay defense is pretty darn good. I mean, they're good against the run. We knew that. They can play the pass as well. And they kept, it was really odd game script because they really kept the offense in it, even though Winston turned the ball over so many times. And Deshaun Watson had no touchdowns and an interception himself, only threw for 184 yards. Um, Ronald Jones, a nice little game. Um, Brashad Perryman still filling in nicely and just showing off that speed yeah. and Jameis Winston's a nice quarterback for him because he'll chuck it up and let him go get it um but uh, an interesting team there with the Buccaneers they've got some decisions to make and you almost feel like they need like an Alex Smith type to be the quarterback of that team because of the way they're built on defense now I mean if if you're not turning the ball over and you are just methodically moving down the field I think that's enough for them to win a few more games
1: yeah I'm not sure that's Arian's way of looking at it, though. Yeah. I mean, I would think yeah. maybe the move is get him a running game. You know, I mean, try to reel him in a little bit, get him a running game, make the play calling a little more conservative, maybe play a little slower, continue to build on the defense, add an offensive lineman. You know, I mean, don't do huge, drastic moves. But to make Winston's job just a little easier would be my opinion.
0: And one of the questions about the Texans was their defense, and it looks like their defense is playing at a pretty good level right now just at the right time as they get into the playoffs. And, uh, you know, as as long as Deshaun Watson has some better games and the defense comes to play, they could be a handful for a lot of teams, even though I think there's a big gap between the first three seeds and where Houston is. And the other note with Houston is it sounds like J.J. is going to be practicing soon. So who knows, but that would be a nice little boost. That would be a huge boost, yeah, for that Texans defense. So the Texans are in. The Titans, who are coming up against the Texans, now have new life because of another game that happened Sunday, and we'll get into some of those. But let's finish up on Saturday. We had the Bills at the Patriots, and the Patriots holding on to win that one 24-17.
1: Good game again. Um, I think two defenses, two low-scoring type of deals, and that's not unexpected at all. Uh, My biggest takeaway was, I'm not saying the Patriots' offense is back or they figured it out or look out the rest of the league. They're going to steamroll everybody as they often do this time of year. But there was some steps in that direction against a really good defense. Um, They ran the ball well. I thought Brady played as well as he has in some time. Efficient, smart, and very Patriot-like. And on the other side, I know the Bills didn't win, but they showed they
0: belong. Yeah, the big Brown touchdown. Uh, There was one quarter, though, that the Bills, I think they had like four yards of offense or something like that in the first half. It looked like, um, man, it was just the Patriots weren't doing much on offense either. And that's mostly because of the defenses. But don't know if the the Bills or the Patriots really this year have enough firepower, Um, but their defenses are good enough to keep them in. Close games. So, can they go win those close games with their offense? Will be the question, I think, for both these teams.
1: Yeah, I 100% agree. I mean, their formulas are pretty strict. Of course, you trust the Patriots to you know, make that happen mm-hmm. just of their history. But I also feel like these franchises are beginning to go in opposite directions. There's a lot of good things going on for the Bills. Um, you know, John Brown got behind on the defense once, and that was a big play for them. But offense is going to be difficult for both these guys to come by, I think.
0: Really efficient, though, for Brady, 26 of 33, 271 yards. And he made some nice throws, too. So it's not, you know, Brady might not be the Brady we once knew, but he's still Brady and he's still really good and he's still clutch. And so that's, uh, I mean, that's going to be a team to deal with for sure. Oh, yeah. We got the 49ers that beat the Rams with a last second field goal, 34 31 Sunday night. The Niners now 12 and three, the first of 12 wins in the NFC. And now that means there is a big time matchup coming in week 17 with the 49ers and Seahawks. And with the tiebreakers, it still means the 49ers have to win that game. So it still counts for the NFC West and some major playoff seeding. The 49ers will either be the one or five seed. The winner of the West will be most likely the one seed there in the NFC. Well, potentially not the Seahawks now, because if the Seahawks win and get and win the West, now it looks like New Orleans might have the tiebreaker. Or they might be in over the Seahawks for that one seed because the Seahawks and that game is ending right now against the Cardinals, and it looks like that is going to be a Cardinals uh, victory more on that game. But it doesn't mean the West is decided yet, even though the Seahawks lost and the 49ers won this week.
1: Right, right. I mean, there's a lot to still on. Unf- that's going to be the Sunday night game next week because yes. that's going to have massive compl- you know, imp- implications. Um, what do you think of the Saturday Niner game, though?
0: Yeah, it it was a back-and-forth fun game. It was a fun game. It The the 49ers offense came out so slow, and then I think Jimmy Garoppolo, like the guy he used to play under, Tom Brady, seems to have a little bit of that clutch gene because in the fourth quarter, he you know completed nine passes for a, over half of his yardage in the game, a 140 quarterback rating just in the fourth quarter, let him down, and uh, multiple scoring drives, and they were able to win that game with the field goal. As the time ticked off the clock and uh, the defense is what's really been odd about the 49ers is the the script was pretty much flipped from the last time the 49ers played the Rams in this one Jared Goff sacked zero times and and uh, Jimmy Garoppolo sacked six times and part of that is because the offensive line for the 49ers have a couple of replacement players there Brunskill in at right guard for Mike Person Weston Richburg's out for the year at center. Ben Garland is playing in at center there, and those guys are okay. They're Band-Aids. Not ideal situation for the 49ers when you're dealing with someone like Aaron Donald. Makes life very difficult for your offense, so that was a big reason why. But the 49ers' pass rush has been a little bit non-existent. They've got to find that, and they've got to get D Ford back. So I think you know that buy in the first round is pretty big for them to have all of their bullets on defense going into uh, the divisional round in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I, I wanted to mention the interior of the Niners line. I mean, obviously Aaron Donald's a massive problem, but we and, and Grady Jarrett's a great player too. But we saw that kind of perk up as a weakness lately in, in the Niners' protection. And kind of like you mentioned, I mean, I think the Niners' D is trending the wrong direction. They're, they're Getting a win here is huge considering all their injuries. A bye would do this team an awful lot of good.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, this team is in need of a buy. They had the early buy in the regular season in week four. So I think that'll be huge to get a team healthy and ready to go. But they've got one more before they can rest in Seattle in week 17, the very last game Sunday night football of the regular season schedule. And that will have a lot of say in the NFC West, all the say in the NFC West and who's the one seed in the NFC. So that's going to be a fun one next week. Uh, Let's get on to these Sunday games because there's still a lot more to talk about. If you guys are looking for a last-minute fun sports gift for the holidays, go to BreakingTea.com slash on. Breaking Tea makes sports t-shirts around teams' passion moments. For example, you will find... A bunch of new George Kittle designs there, which are fantastic. There's a Lucha Libre George Kittle. There is the People's Tied End version of the George Kittle t-shirt. There is the National Tight End Day t-shirt, officially licensed by George Kittle himself, by the way. Designs for other teams as well. For example, if you know somebody who roots for that football team in Washington, there's a shirt that says, sell the team in burgundy and gold. Gardner Minshew designs, headbands, and other things when it comes to Gardner Minshew. BreakingT.com slash locked on. Then search for all the great gifts and shirt designs on that site. Hoodies, tanks, fun sports gifts. Go to dot com slash locked on. Let's go to Cowboys Eagles because that one was man, what th- that game and those two teams, it's like Man, and the Eagles at home win it 17-9 over the Cowboys. The Eagles now uh, all but wrapping up that NFC East. They could still end up tied after next week, so they'll go into the tiebreakers in that scenario. But the Eagles, for now, 8-7, and seven, have the lead in the NFC East. The Cowboys at 7-8. Jerry Jones couldn't leave his box Fast enough after that one and a pretty good game from Carson Wentz, I think was the difference in, you know, he didn't light up the scoreboard points wise, but 319 yards passing 31 of 40. I thought he played a pretty darn good game.
1: Yeah. I definitely wanted to talk about him. I mean, the Cowboys points and yardage and all that points were hard to come by in this game. I mean, the Cowboys moved the ball a fair amount. Dak put up some numbers, but they had to settle for three field goals on the road, tough environment, of course, but I wanted to harp a little bit more on the Eagles. I mean, Troy Aikman said something as the game was wrapping up about how gutty this performance was with all the injuries the Eagles have and was really praising Wentz. And I think that's justified. Um, everyone knows I'm a, a Wentz believer. I often say I'm smitten with him. And he's starting the last couple of weeks to really play like a superstar, which is you know what exactly they need and isn't getting a lot of help. But Dallas Goddard and Miles Sanders are pretty darn good young players that are stepping up.
0: Right, and they're getting a lot of run right now and getting themselves ready for potentially a big role. Zach Ertz leaving that game, and they've already had so much problem with their passing game and those weapons for Carson Wentz, which is why it was such an impressive performance, I think, for Carson Wentz because what he's dealing with there. But Miles Sanders, 150 combined rushing and receiving yards. He had the rushing touchdown. Dallas Goddard you mentioned nine catches for 91 yards and it's it's nice that they have a guy like Goddard and Zach Ertz goes out and it's like oh wait but we have this you know really physically impressive human being that we can plug in for one of the best tight ends in the league now and uh, he was nine for 91 and a touchdown so they were able to do it beat the Cowboys in a a massive matchup there and uh, that was a haymaker for for Dallas and I don't have the tiebreakers in front of me but Obviously, the Eagles control their fate. They win next week, and they're in. And Cowboys are out.
1: Right, right. I mean, they need Dallas needs to win, and the Eagles need to lose. And they got the Giants and Skins, so they're both expected to win. I would think that'll be the end of Jason Garrett. And you know, the the Dallas Goddard situation is kind of a feather in the cap of those people that just say, when you see somebody on the on the draft board that you have ranked higher than everybody else, don't worry about position, just grab them and figure out a way to use them.
0: Absolutely. And one thing, though, that they have done and it's pretty obvious is size and they have so much size at the wide receiver position. They need to go back into the draft and add some speed next year in Philly. They do. Let's move on to that is now final Cardinals over the Seahawks, 27, 13. And by the way, we'll be getting to the Sunday night football game, Chiefs at Bears. And of course, Monday night football is a huge one covering both of those on Tuesday's show. But let's talk. Seahawks here who have fallen now 11 and four on the year a game behind the 49ers but like I mentioned they're going to play each other and the Seahawks have the tiebreaker still over the 49ers head-to-head that's the first tiebreaker and the Seahawks won the first matchup so the Seahawks can still beat the 49ers next week and they would be in the Seahawks did not look good in this football game and the Cardinals going into Seattle beating them 27-13.
1: Yeah so I mean in the end this, this game doesn't really hurt Seattle that bad, huh?
0: Not as bad. What it does is it helps New Orleans get the one seed, and Seattle oh, okay. might right. win the West still, but not, but still have to go uh, play and not have a bye in the first round of the playoffs. So that's that's still pretty big. So it wasn't nothing for the Seahawks. It definitely mattered. But as far as the West, it still comes down to next week.
1: Okay, and that makes perfect sense. Uh, and I'm not saying Seattle took it easy or anything like that to yeah. gear up for next week. Wasn't their best day. They couldn't get Tyler Lockett involved till very late, and then he did very, very little. Um, Carson went out in this game. They didn't run the ball as well as they usually do. This Kenyon Drake dude can play. Uh, I mean, he's been <laughs> yeah. lighting it up. Arizona needs to find a way to keep him. Kyler Murray left this game with a big lead it, with a hamstring. It didn't matter. Uh, did to my fantasy team but so be it I'm not I'm not bitter at all about Kyler Murray leaving or DJ Moore catching one pass for one yard and then getting concussed I'm not not gonna harp on that at all oh yeah I can tell. <laughs> but good work by the cards I mean I do think they're building something I thought Hundley played well their offensive lines coming around uh, I'm a little worried about the Seahawks D though too
0: Right. And Bobby Wagner had the ankle injury, but he actually played. So he wasn't the problem with that Seattle defense, but it was just about everywhere else. And in the secondary and Drake with the 80 yard run, was a huge haymaker at the beginning of that game. He had another touchdown run. He had 166 yards on the ground and, and two scores. Larry Fitzgerald plunging in the end zone with a. What was that? A twenty? I don't remember how many yards that was. A but he had a touchdown. Nice little
1: play though. Yeah,
0: nice little touchdown catch in that one. They even went to um, some trickery a couple times, and you know Cliff Kingsbury having some fun. Kyler Murray didn't do a ton throwing the ball, but neither did Russell Wilson, and that, that's the the key I think to this one. Russell Wilson didn't turn the ball over a bunch or anything like that, but sixteen to thirty one, so just you know barely over fifty percent passing, one hundred sixty nine yards. The Cardinals defense.
1: Yeah, and I thought Murray played a pretty strong, efficient game before leaving, I think it was a little after halftime. And again, they don't have a ton of talent, but they play hard. His scheme is translating pretty well, so there's something to like there. There's no doubt about it. I mean, these guys picked first overall last year. It had nothing.
0: The defense, with Patrick Peterson not being the same guy he used to be, but there's two players that are still... Awesome on that Cardinals defense. One of them is Buda Baker, who got the nod for a Pro Bowl, and he's all over the place in every game. Lines up in a bunch of different spots. But Chandler Jones, uh, yeah, he had great. what? How many more sacks did he have? He had four more sacks in this game. I mean, he, it's it would take a, another huge game, but he could potentially set the all time sack record because he's got nineteen now on the season. Twenty two and a half is the record, or is it twenty three and a half? I'm not positive, but people don't talk about him as
1: defensive MVP. Oh man. You know, I, he might be the leader in the clubhouse. I kind of thought it was Stephon Gilmore's award to lose at this point. But after a day like this, a dominant player, I mean, I know his defense isn't great and they don't have a ton of wins, but don't hold it against Chandler Jones.
0: Jaguars falling in Atlanta to the Falcons. The Falcons finish in the season five and two, by the way, 24 to 12 over the Jaguars.
1: Yeah. And the Jags, I kind of said this when they beat Oakland last week that, don't look too much into that. This is not a good football team. They're not in a good place. Their run defense is junk, and Freeman tore them up. I, if, I'm, if I'm Arthur Blank, though, I'm giving them all another year. Hey, you guys have earned it. You went out strong. We have an older quarterback. We've won with this system. Let's just try to patch it up and give it one more year.
0: And on the other side, I'm kind of surprised because I thought that was just the first domino with executive vice president – Tom Coughlin being fired, but they said Doug Marone and Dave Caldwell, the head coach and GM, would be kept around for Jacksonville. I, and that yeah. one surprises me quite a bit. And part of me
1: makes me think that, hey, who am I to, to call out an owner? I mean, they've been more successful than I'll ever be, but I'm not sure that this ownership knows what the heck they're doing.
0: Very strange, and we'll see if that actually is true, because we've heard that before, and then, guys, I mean, it's all, sometimes it's the kiss of death, right, where they, <laughs> you get fired right. the next day, so we'll see, but... um, mm-hmm. They've been non-competitive for a while. Yeah, they need some direction there in Jacksonville for sure. Yeah. The Baltimore Ravens, they are your one seed in the AFC. They lock that up with a 31-15 win over the Cleveland Browns, which means they'll probably rest all their starters next week against the Steelers, right?
1: Yeah, I would imagine. I mean, I would not be putting Lamar in harm's way. Um, Cleveland played these guys very tight for the majority of the first half. And remember, they beat him in the first matchup and kept Lamar in check for the most part. But in very typical Browns fashion, just had a big lapse. And in very Ravens fashion, they took advantage of it. I think it was like a minute 18 left in the half. Ravens scored twice at that stretch. Boom, boom. Come out in the second half, have a nice long drive again. And this thing's just over, and Odell's yelling at the, at the coach, and nothing's going well for the
0: Browns. (laughs) That's not a good situation. Uh, Another situation that's not going great and Will Greer's first ever NFL start three interceptions thrown. He was 27 of 44 for the Carolina Panthers got blown out in Indianapolis 38 to six. One good note for Carolina was Christian McCaffrey though, who bested his own career mark with 108 receptions on the season. And uh, he had the, He was the the leader before that with 107 uh, catches in a season for a running back. So setting a new record there, a massive season from Christian McCaffrey. Uh, You mentioned the DJ Moore injury left with a concussion, did not return. Everything else pretty ugly aside from McCaffrey in that game.
1: Yeah, I mean, congrats to McCaffrey. I'm not taking it away from him, but some of those catches—he had a million catches this game. were total garbage time, dump it to the running back, young quarterback, and nothing else. Colts will let you do that, keep him in bounds, you know, move the chains. We're up thirty-eight to six. But I'm not taking anything away from McCaffrey though; it's as good a season from a running back as I can remember. Um, but the, you know, the Colts to their credit. I think the Panthers are kind of like the Jags and have kind of cashed it in. But the Colts just got blown out by the Saints last week. And then they come, turn around, play a physical game and beat the dirt out of the Panthers, run the ball down their throat. Naheem Hines with two punt returns. Quentin Nelson was injured in this game too. It didn't matter. So congrats to what I think is one of the better organizations in Indianapolis. And what if they had Andrew Luck all year? You know, I mean, they they, they took a blow a while back that was, a death nail before anything could really matter. And I like Brissette, but um, this team's in good shape going forward.
0: All right, let's get to that AFC wild card yeah. playoff picture, a couple of important games there, and draft implications next. The Titans, I thought they might have pulled this one out. They looked competitive. Second half, the Saints turned it on and beat the Titans 38-28. If I'm not mistaken, though, the Titans still now have taken over the tiebreaker with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So that one's going to come down to the wire next week and potentially both teams playing opponents that are resting everybody. Cause they're already locked up.
1: Right. Uh, this one I'm obviously on top of the, the Steelers had the six seed over the Titans. When today started, both teams lost. So why would the Titans move up? Well, the Steelers lost to an AFC team and the Titans lost to an NFC team. So that tiebreaker then switched, and now the Titans are in the driver's seat. They play a Texans team that will probably arrest everyone. Steelers play a Ravens team that will probably arrest everyone. So I really like the Titans' chances. And to be impartial, I think they're a more deserved and certainly a more fun team to watch than Pittsburgh in the playoffs. Nice win by the Saints. I mean, love seeing Kamara get back on track. Jared Cook with some big plays. Michael Thomas, Thomas, I mean, sets the record, and Breeze didn't stumble at all. I mean, that trio, and led by Breeze, but really led by Thomas in terms of the trio. You mentioned McCaffrey's year. What about Michael Thomas' two? Wow.
0: Record-setting, Dave, passing Marvin Harrison's 143 catches in 2002. So a new record holder there for a season, Michael Thomas, 144 receptions and counting now for the New Orleans Saints. And you mentioned that Pittsburgh Steelers game falling to the Jets. Uh, there was a stat here, and maybe you know this stat better than me. Devlin Hodges had a streak of eight series for Pittsburgh that I believe spanned from the end of last week into this game where he had five interceptions and three three-and-outs on eight consecutive drives. And at that point, he was basically benched for Mason Rudolph, right?
1: That sounds about right. Um, uh, really bad. The Jets were played well today. Uh, Le'Veon Bell ran well. They hit Robbie Anderson on an early touchdown, a great throw. I was impressed with Darnold. Um, so the Jets were the better team. By no means am I saying differently. Hodges was horrible. Um, I had called for Rudolph to be the starter before Tomlin decided on Hodges. I didn't understand that call. And then Rudolph came in, and I thought he played very well. Then he took a big hit. Uh, my hunch is he broke his clavicle. I mean, he he took a big shot, and maybe we'll, we'll see him again. And then Hodges came in and was a little better. He made two throws at the very end that could have gotten the Steelers a win here, Juju didn't play the ball well, and Marcus May broke one up, a very nice defensive play, but the Steelers also had nothing at the running back, that's kind of the underreported story of the Steelers, is they're just, Connor comes in, he's healthy, right, and he looks good, and wow, they actually have an NFL running back, he lasts about a quarter, he's out yet again, he's totally unreliable, and, you know, they, they just had Problems in protection, they didn't have a running back they could trust, a revolving door quarterback, and it pretty much looks like it's over.
0: And in a major series of good fortune for the Oakland Raiders, uh, they beat the Chargers yeah. 24-17, and now they are still not mathematically out of it at 7-8. and eight. So if the Titans and Steelers both lose, Raiders win next week. All three teams will be 8-8, eight and, eight, and then we're going to have to get deep into those tiebreakers again. And the Raiders still have just a little bit of a shot to get in in the AFC, although unlikely.
1: Yeah, and and that's bonkers, but good for them. They haven't given up. Um, I thought Carr played well in this one. Uh, I worry about Rivers. I mean, the one thing I really note I didn't see a ton of this game, but saw Derwin James just flying all over the field and seemed like he made every play when I was watching. But the Raiders got some good performances from some key guys. Renfro coming back, I thought, was big for them. Um, And they're still in it. I mean... I think Gruden's a pretty good coach is what I'm trying
0: to get out here. And it wasn't on Derwin James, but Hunter Renfro did get loose one time. He had that long touchdown catch, seven catches for 107 yards for the rookie. Um, One more quick game here, AFC West, uh, two teams that are not involved in the playoff scenario. Then we'll get into the four teams at the top of the NFL draft. The Broncos beat the Lions 27-17, came back to win that game. Broncos now 6-9, Lions 3-11-1, and they're and now in that conversation for potentially the number 2 pick.
1: Yeah, uh, it's amazing. I mean, they haven't won a game since the 8 pick picnic. I mean, it's been forever. They had three wins back at, like, Halloween. I mean, it's been yeah. really bad. And now they might pick second overall. I mean, they may end up with Chase Young or somebody like that. It's been a disaster. And watching this game, Denver just had the ball the whole time. And just... Like they they had a three or four very long sustained beat your face type drives at the end of the first quarter through the the rest of the half and just took control of the game at that point and you see a lot of Lions defensive backs
0: making tackles, which is never a good sign. Not a good move. Yeah, the team that will be drafting number one, we for sure know now that the Cincinnati Bengals are on the clock and they almost screwed that up coming back they were down what 35 to 10 at one point to the miami dolphins came back to tie it up at 35 a tyler eifert jump ball then andy dalton scrambles in for the two-point conversion sending it to overtime but jason sanders would kick a 37 yard field goal as time expired in ot that one almost ended as a tie in uh, the <laughs> miami dolphins did beat the Bengals 38 35 so the Bengals. Most likely, you're going to see Heisman Trophy winner quarterback from LSU, Joe Burrow, the name at the top of most mock drafts. Burrow also, you know, began his college career at Ohio State and roots there in Ohio. Uh, went to high school in Ohio, and actually, what I saw is I think it's Athens, Ohio, his old high school. Athens, yeah. They already renamed their stadium to Joe Burrow Stadium, so he's already yeah, got a stadium named to after him.
1: I saw just told me that. Yeah, um, it's funny because. For both North divisions, I write a little blurb after their game for yardbarker.com. And I, and I had mine all done for the Bengals. And it basically went like, you know, one thing that they've held the hang their hat on and done really well lately is the run game's been get going. And then they took a big step backwards and couldn't get blockers to the second level, lost at the point of attack. This is a disappointing day because one of the things that we were excited about is now shot, or, you know, it, it really took a hit. And, Mixon played with a stomach ailment of some sort, which I can't imagine is fun. And then just a remarkable turn of events at the end of the game. Boyd on a touchdown. Dalton playing well. Get an extra get an onside kick. Throw basically a Hail Mary. Eifert comes down with it. Then we got overtime. And overtime goes back and forth. Miami ends up winning it. And really what I took away from it was two first-year head coaches. They probably learned an awful lot from this game. You know, good, bad, ugly. Hey, we got to keep our our hands on their throat when we're winning. And hey, it's never over. And both teams played hard. And along with Giants-Redskins, this was one of the best games of the week.
0: Yeah, I like that rookie head coach angle. That is a great point there. Yeah. Um, New York Giants at... Uh, let's see, they were at Washington, in and Washington, yeah. that was a shootout. Daniel Jones throws five touchdowns, Saquon Barkley for all the fantasy owners out there oh, that he's back did yeah. not make the playoffs. I don't think anybody was probably, <laughs> unfortunately, they probably weren't in the championship game if they drafted Saquon Barkley number one overall, but uh, he went off if he was on your fantasy roster for that championship week, and actually, he set a, a franchise record for multipurpose yards in a game, in scrimmage yards, so... Yeah, and he looked great. Record. I mean, it's oh, the yeah. first
1: time I would say this year I was like, oh, that's rookie Barkley. That's maybe the best back in the league. If I was building a team, I might take that guy. It's quick to forget. But that's really a good sign. Not a lot of defense here by either team, which made it fun for these rookie first-round picks. Um, really, my last note here is, unfortunately, Haskins goes off on a cart, and I haven't heard a report since then. I imagine he won't play Week 17. Hopefully it doesn't screw up his, his off season too much so because I think he was really starting to turn a corner yeah. in the last couple games. I like what I've seen from Haskins, and I'm open to the idea that, hey, Jones could be fine too, but they just haven't seen as much of him with Eli in there lately.
0: That was unfortunate. Um, uh, Terry McLaurin also left the game at one point with an injury, oh, yeah. so another rookie that you hope isn't hurt. Bad and Haskins. He's a good one too. Yeah, absolutely. Haskins was off to his best start. 12 of 15, 133 yards and two touchdowns when he left the game, too. So that was unfortunate. But 41 35, Giants over the Redskins. So looking at the draft order now, we have Cincinnati number one. That is locked up. Washington's in the two hole with Detroit a half game behind them. New York Giants four. Miami Dolphins at five. And the New York Jets, who were up in this conversation for most of the year, all of a sudden down at pick 10 at six and nine. Oh wow! I mean,
1: they have strung some wins together, and um, you can say what you want about Gase, but the second half of the season and the non Luke Falk games, you know, the, the non mono games, you might need to just kind of judge them themselves. You know, the game one they played the Bills to the to the wire. If you take those mono games out, the Jets didn't have such a bad year. And man, they got a lot of dudes on injured reserve right now too. So we might be talking about the Jets with more optimism when C.J. Mosley and Avery Williams and, and all these guys you know, are getting healthy for next year.
0: Right. The Jets are, what, 6-6 six and six with Sam Darnold as their starting quarterback this year to go with that young talent on defense, yeah. which, you know, Quentin Williams and Jamal Adams and those guys, and we'll see if Jamal Adams gets traded in the offseason. But uh, we're out of time here tomorrow. We'll get deep into Chiefs at Bears and, of course, some things to be hashed out in the NFC North, 11-3 and Green Bay Packers at the 10-4 and Minnesota Vikings our last Monday night football of 2019. All that on Tuesday's show right here, Locked On NFL.